Hello, and thanks for listening to JoJo's Bizarre Hello. Podcast. My name is Mark. That nasal voice you just heard is Miles. It's me. <laughs> That's how he sounds now. Like, uh, what am I thinking? Woody Guthrie? Is that is that accurate? I don't um, know. I'm thinking of Arlo Guthrie. Who did Alice's Restaurant? I don't know what you're talking I about. I think Arlo Guthrie. Some people in like country, like you middle America are like slapping their knees. You want. This week Alice's we watched. Restaurant. We're also joined by Jackie. <laughs> oh, right. Hi. Straight to business, Jackie. This week we watched lic- Licorice Pizza. <laughs> Jackie has, has... I didn't see that Licorice Pizza movie. Did you? <laughs> it's good, but it's super weird because she's like, Third, like 25 what? or something. Yeah. 23. And he's like 16 or 17. He's a Yeah, he's a baby. And, and like it is the 70s, so maybe this thing was more acceptable back then, but it is like... I hate to be a wet blanket, but it's like, hey, this is weird, right? When is someone going to say this is weird? <laughs> uh, but besides that, it's a great movie. Okay. It's also got Tom Waits in it. I... What, what, what did you wait for? Uh, no Man. <laughs> I don't oh, okay, no. okay. I like that. Anyway, Jackie's been hitting it out of the park with her misinterpretations of this, this uh, <laughs> anime's titles. Yeah, good stuff, Jackie. Jackie also came up with a joke that only Temple yeah, it, alumni. I was like, will get. "Oh, oh, we're watching Leochorus Walk, and Leochorus Walk is a is a street on Temple University's campus." <laughs> yes, famously a twenty. Has, has a lot of like it has like a pizzeria. It has like a Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Super important Seven Eleven, where I yeah. would get many disgusting taquitos, quote unquote, at that Seven Eleven. Just hating my life. It was cool. You're not allowed on Leochorus Walk unless you're a Temple student. It's true. <laughs> You will be bullied. I out. think the taquitos are okay. Uh, some are okay. Some I mean, are really not. Yeah, that's true. Um, Jackie, what else did you did you do? You did another one. Those are those are my main ones. Okay. But, and just like I, I, I was like licorice, licorice, licorice pizza. I something like I that. that. Yeah. yeah. Licorice recoil. That's when you bite a Twizzler, but it like goes boing out of your mouth when you rip it. So it's licorice. Licorice recoil. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys know what licorice is or licorice? No. No. You fools. It's almost licorice. Uh, so we're going to get into or episodes <laughs> one, two, and three of licorice or licorice is really how we've been thinking about it because we're Americans uh, about licorice recoil in a little bit. Uh, but before we do, first of all, if you're like, but I thought this was a JoJo podcast, it it normally is. It was and it will be again capitalize every word in that sentence uh if you want to hear our back episodes you can go to well it i <laughs> we're on every podcasting platform i used to have a simple short link but they got bought by somebody so just whatever you can find all of our episodes out there we we've covered all of the jojo tv anime the straight to home ovas uh the live action movie even a bunch of stuff uh in a weird order so you gotta you gotta do a little bit of work Okay, we're not going to reorder everything just to please you. It wouldn't make sense. We like people to hear our growth as a show, you know? We can't change the order now. Anyway. Maybe people like this better. Are there any fans of our podcast who hate JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? (laughs) There probably are. There's probably some listeners who like us personally, like they know us or something. But there's no way they hate JoJo. That would be weird. 
maybe not hate. I mean, your mom has listened to the podcast and been like, I don't know what you're saying. And I've definitely had friends who were like, yeah, I tried to listen to your podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about. But <laughs> but uh, those people I wouldn't classify as fans of our podcast. Why not? Because you have to like listen to it. You have to listen to at least one full episode. What about the the at least one Patreon uh patron that does not listen to our podcast uh my friend brian <laughs> who, who continues to not a fan patron oh he's I, not a fan even though he be he that's uh, right he's I'm, a patron he's a patron of the arts <laughs> yeah he's a benefactor okay okay I, i'm gatekeeping fandom it's of like our podcast. it's like viewers like you but maybe not it's like it's that's like right. it's like when a pbs kids show is like viewers like you and it's that's like right. yeah somebody gave money but they're not sitting there watching sesame street like maybe their kid is maybe their grandkid right. is but they're not sitting there watching it they just think the idea of a public broadcasting system mm-hmm. is good. Hey, if it's public, isn't that like funded by taxpayer money? V- a little uh, bit. Little, very little. Why can't we just do anything? Never mind. We'll talk about very, it Very, very little. It's Look, like not I like enough. Amtrak. Not That's enough. all I'm saying. <laughs> I used to work for PBS. Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah, pl- Jackie. What'd you say, Miles? Amtrak needs more public funding. Well, that's what I'm saying is that it was a public-private partnership and it's expensive as fuck. <laughs> so it's like, damn you. I want it to be dirtier and people don't like it as much, but it goes more. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to talk about an anime that's not JoJo, but we've already done all the JoJo. It's fine. We're not going to read the manga. We know it's out there. But before we do any of that, it is now time for us to... Get some reader recoil or some listener recoil. Podcast benefactor blowback. I, we're going to read emails that were sent to Jojo's Bizarre Pod at gmail.com. This email is from Shun, and the subject line is I leave you with this mail, Anakis. Heyo, JJB pod folks. I hope you're all well. Sorry for the subject pun. I try to keep puns at a maximum of zero, but I had to. Is that a pun? Yeah, uh, with this male and a kiss. Oh. oh, and a kiss. Last week's episode was a lot of fun. It was great to hear from Bloof again, and it served as a good conclusion to Stone Ocean. I'm going to miss it, but there's a whole new world to look forward to. Before getting into the guts, this may have been asked, but after finishing Stone Ocean, can we have the hosts rank each part? For me, it's 546321. I was going to give a try at explaining King Crimson, but it seems he has competition. Diver Down has proved to be just as confusing. Since Honestly is my favorite Joe Bro in part six, it felt fitting that I would try to make it make sense. KC and DD are actually my two favorite stand designs and two of my favorite stand users is weird because they don't even look similar anyway the first non-ability thing that makes diver down strong it's physical strength and speed diver down also has a great set of tools in its magical bullshit utility belt first diver down can submerge within any solid objects he uses this to provide platforms grabbing onto his stands arms to climb he also uses this in specific cases like when he stole the money from the register during bohemian rhapsody Secondly, it can store its power inside anything. This is first seen when Anasui stores it inside of walls so that punches and kicks are activated remotely from within a wall. He also uses his storing ability to shield everyone in the climax from Pucci's coup de gras, using it to make his stand take the first hit. Okay. 
The final, most important power is the ability to rearrange. Anything Diver Down submerges in essentially becomes Play-Doh in his hands. Using only what is within that object or what he has with him, he can manipulate it in any way he wishes. For example, he can use any bones, meat, or tissue within a human body to rearrange it into a working spring trap. He can not add things into the object unless he has it nearby, as seen when he fused Yo-Yo Ma's brain with that of a frog. This ability is seemingly only limited by his imagination. I also support the theory that the reason he first appears as female in the manga is that he uses this ability to watch over Jolene from within the female ward. I'm pretty sure he did this to make the piano more comfortable as well. Ladies. Now that his abilities hopefully make sense, I feel that I need to make a solid case in defense of this gorgeous man. I feel that his stand powers and stand design are some of the best. The huge range of his powers functions allow for some fun situations, like a foot coming out of the wall to kick someone or injecting chocolate into his face as a disguise. The stand design harkens back to TD Bank in my mind. Oh, <laughs> The Terrence DRB earrings, I love having initials or motifs on a stand. Yeah. The thing I like most about him is his arc. As he's introduced, he's a dark and mysterious murderer, seemingly sleeping at a piano. He's very antagonistic and imposing. We don't know much besides that he killed his girlfriend and a man, but we also know that he had an affinity toward Jolene. Jolene was essentially a shining beacon of hope, enough to pull even the lowest of people from despair. Because of what he saw in her, he devoted his life and heart to her entirely, and towards the end, his mood lightens up and he becomes more comical, until the climax where his resolve hardens and he becomes determined. I feel that this is more developmental than almost every Jobro. It's like a hetero Bucciarati, but he gets the girl, and like Bucciarati, he is loyal to the very end, no matter what. Uh, he's also a very useful ally to Jolene. He has more kills than any other Jobro in Stone Ocean. Uh, they list the kill count here. Wow. One and two is cheating girlfriend. I don't know if that should count. <laughs> uh, I'm going to count FF as an honest sweet kill. I don't know if that should count either. Old man, big bad wolf, Donatello versus bonus, the dead guy's corpse he uses to distract Poochie. So that's six in all, including that bonus. As opposed to the other Jobros, Hermes has one kill, sports max, unless you count him twice. Foo Fighters gets four, half being non-hostile. Many of those are not hostile. Uh, Weather Report has three. He also has the most consistently present. FF and Weather die early and Hermes goes missing. He does go the distance. That's true. Uh, Jolene, Pucci Weather, and Jotaro 6 are some of the best characters in this entire series, in my opinion. I think I'm forgetting one. After Stone Ocean, who are the hosts' favorite? Joe Bros, which is your favorite from only part six? Hope the hosts and their families have a good week, and I look forward to seeing what shows will be watched in the future Maybe I'll finally elect to have the hosts watch Akira, if you're down for it. With love for shirtless men in netting with pink hair and complicated stand power, Shun. P.S. Maybe Diver Dan could rearrange me to make me not so dang horny. Sent from an outdated Yahoo mail handle made many years ago, not for fantasy betting. Ooh, that was a mouthful, Shun. Thanks for writing in. There's a lot. I feel like this is a controversial email. There's a lot to respond to here. <laughs> there, yeah, there's, there's, there is a lot, there is a lot to respond to here. Indeed, uh, I tend to end up finding like the most, the last thing should we, I want to respond to should, first. Should but. we start from the top? Uh, yeah, sure. What do you, what do you have a ranking in mind, Jackie, for to rank each part of JoJo? I mean, I, I, I can come up with one. Miles, do you have one at the ready? I made one during that part. I'm making one right now. Okay. okay. Uh, we need a minute. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you mine. Um, this is from I think favorite to least favorite. 
Uh, but at least okay. at least one pair I feel mixed about. I'll tell you. So it's uh, the top is part four, then part three, then six, then two, then five, then one, two and five I might swap. Um, but the thing to remember with me, and I think anybody who would care enough to rank the JoJo parts, I guess some people rank everything, but I like all of them. You know, so I don't mean that like oh one's the waste. I hate it. There's definitely like a bunch of sag in one that I don't like. And I know that there's a lot of filler for people in part three, but just some of the stands there are super cool. I love Dio coming back and being way more early 90s and being a vampire with a stand is just too fun. You didn't. I don't think you said five. No, I did. It's my second to last. Okay, you, so yours is four, three, six, two, five, one. Correct. Okay, I missed five. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's my I'll, ranking. I'll go next. I'm uh, most to least four, five, two, three, six, one. Okay. Why? Why? Yeah. Just if there's any number you feel would would be contentious, explain yourself now. Um, like six is awfully I low. I guess I. Yeah i i I could flip flop it with three because I wasn't crazy about either. But I think because I think I like I think Dio as a villain and like as a driver of the story has to outweigh Poochie for me. There are a lot of things I liked about Six, but there are many things I didn't like about Six. Uh, and then Five, I'm like weirdly fond of. Like it, it, it ranks higher than I maybe expected it to. But maybe it's just recency. No, that's not it. I liked it. There were good Joe Bros in it. That's what it was. Definitely. I'm like kind of going back and forth with my list. Um, who was your, what was your number one, Miles? Four. Ah, so Mark and Miles also picked four, but pick, picked four as number one. That's right. Um, I'm thinking four is the one with Kira, right? And it's in Morio. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with four too. And that's actually the first one we watched for this podcast. Which is maybe not a coincidence that we all like it, but. Uh, yeah, I, that was my introduction, and I liked it a lot. But it wasn't it wasn't my introduction, and it wasn't your introduction, Mark, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had watched offline. One, oh, te- two, three. I guess technically it was my introduction because I watched like you, you. We watched a random episode of four. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I think that was the first JoJo's I'd ever seen. We watched because because four had just dropped, and so we watched one episode of four, and then we went back to the beginning and saw all of one like one through like we watched right, it okay, in order okay. together we watched it in order together <laughs> and only then did we decide to podcast about it <laughs> strangely um well i think that we i think that we stopped we watched all of three together and then we stopped at four and we did right podcast for four yep um okay i still haven't given my order i'm gonna say actually miles do you have your order written down i wrote it down what is it what does it matter i just want to know what his was all right. Well, his was four, five, two, three, six, one. Okay. So mine is 
four, two, three, five, six, one. We all hate one. Well, it, I like it. I like it. It's just not. It's the. It's just not my favorite one. You know, they're all. I think they're all good. I want to. I kind of want to rewatch JoJo's from the beginning. I started it. I was gonna. I was gonna rewatch JoJo's all in Spanish for fun. Yo-yos. So I started it, but I. I only saw like two episodes. Um, I like it. I like Dio. Dio is great. It's like it's like before Dio becomes Dio. You know. That's kind of cool. He's still got frilly clothes on. Yeah. And I like vampires and stuff. But I mean, what I like, a, I don't know. I like, I like two. I feel like the, the charm of one, a, a lot of it can kind of be in two as well because it's early and there's Haman and you still, I guess you don't deal with Dio, but you deal with um, the Pillar Men, which are interesting. Wait, do you deal with, is that who it is? Pillar Men are part two. Yeah, Pillar Men are two. Yeah, so two. Yeah, I... Um, it's, it's not. It's it's a, it would two would be my favorite if I if four wasn't so strong and if I wasn't sad about Lisa Lisa at the end. But I really like Lisa Lisa. I might think, but with myself when I'm thinking about the middle of each of these parts, that it's like we're remembering the stuff we do like, and we're not worrying about the stuff that was like boring mm-hmm. or slow. And the thing about one is that even though we're all ranking it last, it's like even though it's really boring, it is mercifully short at mm-hmm. times. Where, but like in with like part. I mean, one is super important. It sets everything up, you know. Yeah, but it, it, also, it sets up the birthmark situation, right? Doesn't? But it? I think also both fights, Jonathan against Dio, are great. Yeah. Um, especially the last one. Well, the last two, where it's like the mansion and then the ship. And it's the Dio origin story. Like you yes. need it. But but also it's like when I try to think of the lesser villains in parts one and two. Like, there's a lot more lesser villains in part three that are memorable to me. Maybe that's because of the fucking fighting game, but... Well, part three is, like, you go, you got the whole tarot, and the, the yeah, it's very creative. There it's are too creative. many, but you do get the Darby brothers. You get the all the different people being possessed by the, the sword, the broken, you know, yeah. Egyptian god-possessed. Those aren't even the ones that I would go to. I would probably go to... Mariah with the boobs i like mariah (laughs) (laughs) the nuts and bolts in the bra you know you know um i like pet shop you've got pedophile alessi yeah he's not beating those charges he's maybe not my favorite but (laughs) but like fan part two and like the bros are good too the bros are good in part three yes absolutely the bros are very good in part three but part two it's like Cars is good, Stroheim is good, not in like a judge of his character and philosophy way, but he's like a good character. Part two was, I, it's, it's actually, maybe I should make part two my favorite. Part two just felt more mind gamey, and I really like young Joseph. Mm. Yeah, he rules. I think part, maybe, maybe part two is my favorite. Okay. I'm going to say part two is my part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm changing my answer. Two, four, three, five, one. Fee, fi, fo, fum. Got it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess, you know, thinking about it now with two, also Wham is pretty cool. I think ACDC kind of sucks and Santana's lame, but his, like seeing him as an intro and seeing how powerful the pillar men are is pretty cool. I like, I like that. I like that there's a training that like Joseph had to be trained. Nobody else needs to be trained really, but I like that there was like, there's, you know, there's like growth there. Yeah. Some of that was, some of that was cool. The pillar climb is, is cool. 
Um, yeah. And, and the rivalry between the two of them is cool. I just think that maybe I just really don't like the ACDC fight against like, who was it? It's not, it's not, who were like the, oh, Loggins and Messina, I think. You don't even like, the, those are the, mm. the Lisa Lisa acolytes before the Joe, Joe and Joe bro show up. Um, but again, it's also short too. So it's mostly good stuff. Part one, it's like people would remember Tarkus and Bruford, but eh. Yeah, part two also has Beck, but every part has villains that are like, what the fuck is this doing in here? Yeah. I think I think for me, it's like a lot of it is nostalgic. Definitely. It's just how I feel, general vibe. What's nostalgic? Where I'm ranking them. Okay. And I totally yeah, think that's I mean, justifiable. Notice a lot of us put, uh, I guess not Miles, but like, you know, five and six are kind of last because they're not as because they're newer maybe they're not as nostalgic you know well it's like i said i think you see the the negative parts more clearly you remember them yeah but also well i don't even like because i like five and i like six and i like one but it's just like i i think i did it's just like i like the other ones more you know yeah and the bros are more interesting in, in three i think but what I'm trying to say is I would be interested. I don't know if that it would change my ranking, but I would interest I'd be interested to see a ratio of like good arcs versus bad arcs for each part to just see oh. how many chapters or how many episodes are spent on fights where you're like all right, we can skip this bullshit versus this is a good and fun fight. Yeah. Because 4 certainly has some shit in there where you're like I don't care about the mannequin guy or the lock the, guy or the rock paper. Well, the rock paper the scissors, rock, is paper, like, scissors guy. it's so dumb and it's a Rohan fight that I do kind of like it. It is maybe the worst in a way, mm. but I don't know. Four also has a gun coming out of a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Uh, Jackie liked it so much. She dropped her phone. All right. What? Okay. We're still responding to this email. To Shun's email. We're giving um, Jojo on a non-Jojo episode. Um, Thanks okay. to this emailer. So uh, Shun explained a lot about Diver Down. Uh, it's still stupid. a lot of powers. I'm sorry, Shun, but that's some of those powers are dumb. Like phas- <laughs> phasing through things is like a cool power that is too simplistic for it being this late in the game, this late in the Jojo universe. So then Araki's like, all right, what if it's basically like it can jump into things and tinker around? But then also that it can like delay and send things. And I'm sorry, but even if it's like, oh, it can go in and rearrange things, you can't give something brittle and hard like bone an elastic property like spring. And you can't just connect brain to brain. It's You it's, can't do that. It seems too powerful in a way because it, it's kind of bullshit. So you can kind of make it do whatever you need it to. Yeah. Thankfully, it's like too, it's like too bullshitty. Thankfully, he doesn't have it like topple an entire building or something. Yeah. It is just like putting a frog brain into an idiot stand. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I don't like it that it's like inside things, but also it can change their properties at the same time. That feels like two distinct things to me. I don't know how you change things without going inside, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Arnicky just like drawing something, making everything look like liquid. He's done that a few times. He enjoys it. I don't, one thing I didn't understand about this email is what about be, having a woman's body makes pianos more comfortable? That I didn't understand. The big ass. Because you don't have a ding dong getting stuck in between E flat and E natural. 
Okay. I think that's the idea, but yes, I also can imagine piano there's, wire in the hoo ha is not the best. There's lots feeling. of things. You can you still have a butt. You still have. <laughs> you still have labia. You still have boobies. That oh, yeah. I don't know. That wire probably on boobies doesn't. I don't think that feels good. Maybe maybe you just on on average women are smaller, and so you could fit in the lid uh, area more. I guess. I immediately is that what ha- like if you piano if you ha- if you transform into another gender do you become smaller or bigger like do you become an average proportional size like transform in the JoJo universe or like in the JoJo universe in real life I'm pretty maybe sure that's you another power of Anasui maybe he started out as a late or you know he can change but he decided he wanted to stay a dude. To, yeah. In order to court Instead Jolene. Instead of injecting chocolate into his face, like at, towards the end, he injected like Chanel number no. five. Uh, <laughs> and like reality TV, whatever women like, into his body. Uh, and he became a woman. I don't know. Okay. Did I murder. say something wrong? Murder, I think, is murder, one of them. Murder, true yeah. crime documentaries <laughs> that I also watch. <laughs> because you know what? All men are part women and all women are part men. And we're all kind of the same. If you think about it. I don't know it. about part, but we're all the same. <laughs> anyway. I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> we're, this is very stupid. What it we're is, saying right it, now is very stupid. It's, it's it's stupid. I agree. I, I don't think he, he does. He does have a good like level of presence. You are right about that. Honestly, I still just don't trust him. hot, I think. That's okay, yeah. my favorite thing about Honestly is that he's hot. Those pants are impossible. Better seen than heard. That's how I feel. I don't, I kind of find them annoying. Sorry, sorry, sorry to all the Anasui lovers out there in the world. It's just this one person, I think. (laughs) I don't know. You think so? No, I'm kidding. I think it's annoying how he fell in love with Jolene and it's kind of like a thing where he's just like all over her. Not all over her, but he's just like... I don't know. That's the one thing I do like about him. Oh, really? I I don't like that he gets her in the end. Yeah, I don't like that either. But like, I like that he likes Jolene because Jolene is great and like one of the best parts of part six. Yeah, for sure. He just goes from like, he just wants to marry her way too quickly. <laughs> the only way he gets the I girl is by changing universes. That's like the first thing that he... Isn't that the first thing that he told, who was it, Aramis or FF? He told one of them to like help him. Yeah. And that, to help him marry her. And it's like, what? you barely know her. I think it's FF. Because yeah. I think it's after the dragon's dream fight. I think this kill count is a little bias. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some liberties being taken here. I also think the most consistently present I, that might be a recency bias thing because Aramis is in there a lot in the beginning and so is FF. And then like he kind of, honestly, and Weather Report kind of appear later. And then, yeah, they're more consistent towards the end. But that's because I think Araki just got tired of the original people, you know? I don't think he's the most necessarily the one in there the most. It's also a matter of screen time too because, yeah, even if Anasui was technically alive and with the group, that doesn't always mean that he had a episode about him or screen time and stuff. These are quantifiable uh, and I don't care to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care to look back and clock everyone's screen time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like, yeah, FF died. If FF didn't die, I think they might have been the more. Oh, yeah. That's a consistent. question later on is like, who's the best Joe bro? And I think it might be FF. 
I do uh, like Emporio as well, but Emporio is mostly a commentator type. Best Joe Bro from this from part six arc. No, nah, I like Weather, baby. Okay, Weather's Weather's cool. Um, I think it's FF. I don't care about most of the other. I like. I, I also like Hermes, but I just think that her like design is. is I don't. I, I like her personality. I like her her voice yeah. and stuff. Um, but I think it FF. I don't. I really don't like Emporio. I'm kind of indifferent to Anasui, except he's hot. Um, I guess I. I guess I kind of like him because also he's hot. I don't think FF dies that early. Yeah, FF doesn't make it to Orlando and, and stuff, which is unfortunate. But they, they're in a lot. FF also contributes a lot to the to their goals, and the death was really sad. Um. And there's a fun fish out of water character. I like Gwes, who doesn't really join them as like a friend, but yeah, I like it. Is still <laughs> is still that's you like know, maybe, kind of a bro. Yeah, Gwes is like my favorite non-bro inmate. Yeah, I think. Um, you know what would make me like Anna Sweet is if there was a chapter or episode where he's like, oh, I have like my apartment is nearby and he takes them to his like shitty apartment, but he tries to make it look cool in front of Jolene. I think that would have been a fun uh, episode and that would, I would find that endearing for pretty much anybody. Mm. If we saw the piece of shit and he has like aluminum foil on his TV antenna. I just find it kind of boring that his like kind of main thing is that he likes that he he has a crush on Jolene. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that is, and it gives that, me kind of stalker vibes. Yeah, well, there's that, but it it does kind of endear you to people, right? When you know that they're after something, but it is some sometimes like the romantic feeling isn't enough. It's it's kind of boring to me. It's just boring. Okay. All right. Besides that, my favorite show, bro, is like in general is super super hard. I mean, uh, maybe Polnareff is pretty awesome. He has too many like shit jokes and stuff well it's not his fault he doesn't like it <laughs> um, he's like too silly for me I, to a lot of shit rohan is also great and i don't even think rohan has jobro status because he doesn't even like the jojo no. of the part he's in and he, no, he, he never that. stands with them he's just like a, a tertiary or, or secondary character he's basically like i think what i think if Araki could have i don't know He's almost like a JoJo. He's yeah. almost like a JoJo, but he's, he's a Roro. -ro. He's a Roro. -ro. -ro. -ro he's like one of the best characters. Period, though. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, you know, and I didn't like him in the be or I didn't like love him in the beginning. I didn't find him that interesting, but yeah, he's he's great. Now I yeah. think he's great. Goes on his own little adventures. They he's got a live action TV show yeah. that we need to watch the second part of. By the way, mm. um, maybe we should do that for the pod. Yeah, maybe yeah, we'll get there if we don't get more. Um, Pick picks on Patreon, then we definitely have things we can watch that are yeah. JoJo related or shit we feel like watching. But who knows? I'm going to nominate Bruno Bucciarati and Guido Mista. I love those guys. I, I like. So, I think the bros in in uh, part five are like so great. Coco Jumbo. Come on, that's a turtle. But yeah. I mean, I, I do, love that turtle. I do also like Iggy from part three. I think Iggy is a good Joe bro, even though yeah. watching the anime, I was like, man, he's so much more of a shithead than I remember. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, fucking, I don't know what I was going to say. I think I need to rewatch the early ones because I don't really remember the Joe bros from, I don't remember like the Zeppelis 
you know, or Speedwagon. Well, people, people do love Caesar from part two. Yeah, I probably do. I think I like Caesar. I think the I like first the Zeppeli is a total waste of time. Though. Disagree completely. I was about to say, I really, I think I might even like the first Zeppeli Baron more than Caesar. I love like a guru. I love a top hat. Um, I like his weird poses. He hits a frog for no reason. Uh, he gets cut in half, which is which is badass. And he is the original Joe Bro to be like, take my power as I die. Uh, and that's cool. He's got style. I think Kakuen and Abdul are cool. Kakuen's cool, but he doesn't do enough. He doesn't have enough personality or page screen time. I like Trish. Trish is cool. I wish she had more time too. Yeah. But she is cool. Bruno is great. Yep. Uh, Mista's okay. I'm not like, oh my God, I love Mista. but I like oh. his hat. Foo Fighters, I think, is Foo Fighters. up there. Emporio sucks. Sorry. Uh, I'm looking at a list. <laughs> a part seven, Joe Bro, the main one, is great. <laughs> is Mikitaki a, a, a Joe Bro? I think. Mm, oh, yeah. No. Nah, so. I, I don't. Yeah, I guess they do. They do cooperate in that one episode where Rohan's house burns down, I think, where they're trying to win a dice game against Rohan. Very funny. Uh, part eight. Uh, the main character to me is so boring that the female Joe Bro should have just been the star of that manga. My opinion. I like Narancha too. Narancha's good. Narancha's cool. Little little kid. Little yeah. boy. Alright, should we move on? Yeah. Thanks for writing. Thanks for sparking this discussion. Uh don't don't do too much fantasy betting, you know? You gotta be careful. With your money. Or just win. Or just win. We were watching a Jeopardy rerun that featured someone who was a professional sports better. James Holtzhauer? Yeah, how'd you know that? Because I'm a Jeopardy boy. Oh, really? And he wins a lot. Yeah, he had a he had a champion He was on streak. a long-ass run. He looks like Phil DeFranco from YouTube, like early days of YouTube. Mm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. He got a lot of attention, and his whole thing was like in... Like he brought his gambling principles and he was like, you have to bet big early to build like a yeah. huge lead and then you become more conservative as you go, which is the same strategy you take when investing for your retirement. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about Jeopardy is they could just call it daily double. Like it's yeah, got to get that daily double. It's it's insane what a like what a game changer that is like in the scale of things of like broken to balanced. It's like every regular question, yeah, you know, scaling down from the most expensive, obviously. And then daily doubles are like, whoop. It uh, makes it so exciting though. When you hear that, because it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. It's also <laughs> funny that I think jeopardy and a lot of other, um, game shows, it used to be the people who would like figure out the mechanics, distill it, and then attack it based on those like quote unquote weaknesses, those strategies. A lot of people hated that. Like uh, Arthur Chu, I think his name was. Like yeah. he also would do annoying things, like daily double, bet zero dollars, and then go, I don't know, before the prompt was over. Really annoying shit, or like argue. But he also like jumped categories and stuff, which people don't like. People like when you stick to one category, but it, if you're hunting for that daily double, you got to bounce around. And it disorients the the other people, right. I think. Oh, okay. Because like, the other people who are playing, because I think like they might be like, wait, what's the category? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, 
Miles, off mic, I'll talk to you about who you think the hottest Jeopardy champion is. We'll we'll figure that out. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll do some Reddit dives. Uh, again, that was an email. So, oh, no, wait. We also have an email from Chad, a last-minute email. Uh, Jackie, do you want to read it? Do you have the email open? Okay. This email is from Chad. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. The subject line is unpopular candy bouncing. Aloha, JJB Pod Ohana. I just wanted to point out the one JoJo voice connection I found for Lecorus Recoil. Uh, Shinji Yoshimatsu, aka Mr. Yoshi, is voiced by Yoji Ueda, who also voiced the first Jobro, Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Speaking of old Jobros. Um, as always, I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Mahalo, Chad. P.S. Happy-go-lucky girls with guns is a trope, right? <laughs> uh... I, I think that th- there's a Wikipedia article for girls with guns, at least. Happy-go-lucky girls with guns? Probably. Maybe like in anime specifically, yeah. I have more to say on this, but uh, we'll wait until we get into the actual show, I think. Okay. Yeah, other girls with guns anime includes Black Lagoon, Bubblegum Crisis, Noir, Ghost in the Shell. That's just, I don't know if she's, I don't know. Okay. Uh. Anyway jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com if you want to tell us your puns or interesting opinions about Jojo. Folks, we have a Patreon you should probably sign up for, okay? Because you're not signed up for already and it's looking pretty bad on you. Everyone's saying you should go to patreon.com slash jjbpod (laughs) and pledge at minimum $1 a month, which is nothing. I mean, you just probably blew $5 on a sandwich that sucked. The other day, guys, I was in New York and I got a sandwich. It was like a long but thin baguette and it was $12 for ham and cheese. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And it was good. I won't lie, but it was not $12 good. Yeah. How good was it? Not $12. I'd, like $9 how much, how much would you pay for it? 5 to $6 is okay. what I would have thought was fair as hell. Mm. Um, but their coffee was good. It was. How good. much was their coffee? Like $8 Ugh. for like not that what much. $8. It can't be $8. It was, it's in Hudson Yards, which is either soulless corporate crap or tourist stuff. So everything's expensive. And it was in the lobby of a building that I had no business being in. Like the guard looked at me and was like, yes. And I was just pointed, I don't even know the name of this place. And I was just like, is it okay if I, and he's like, oh yeah. And then I, and then I like went up to the 10th floor and I like stole a bunch of documents and I pissed on everyone's desk, but you know, it's fine. I was a patron, so it's okay. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, so that's $12, but you don't have to buy that sandwich. For $1, you can support us. For $12, us. Uh, we'll make you a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have strange priorities here. Uh, you get access to the Patreon feed for just a dollar, which includes Miles's weekly cultural reference newsletter. You get a somewhat curated by Miles uh, playlist, let's say, or uh recommendation of things that either we like or just happen to remember while on microphone uh for three dollars a month you get access to that same feed but we will also thank you out loud on the podcast in just a moment because i also want to tell you that for fifteen dollars for just one month if you pledge and then send us a message telling us what anime and what anime episodes we should watch or movie uh, you can make us do an episode of the podcast about your favorite anime or 
your least favorite anime, but nothing in between. Nothing you feel ambivalent about. Uh, so yeah, if you're like, you know what? I think you do need to watch 86. I think you should watch, what's the show? I don't know, Potemayo. Uh, 15 bucks, tell us the three episodes and we'll do an episode about it. Just like why we're doing Like Horus Recoil this week and why we did Comey Can't Communicate. And I'm pretty good about getting stuff. So even if you're like, well, it's not on streaming, they won't be able to find it. I bet I can find it. So for the $3 and $15 patrons, we're going to say thank you and read their chosen usernames right now. So thank you so much, Daniel. Tim. Shun. Soliloquy. Austin. I love Jojo Uhu. Nocturnal. Clit Rocket. Matt. Spicy Lady. Lord Zendar. Hentai Homie. Dalton. Christian. Chad. Jumbo. Kasun. Ka- oh, fuck. <laughs> Katie. And Bloof. Thank yeah, you man. all so much. Miles almost Woo! had it. Almost. He was the one who tripped up, so he will be spanked the next time we're in person. That was part of the agreement. We will be hitting him with the JJB pod fraternity paddle. Yeah, you can subscribe to the Patreon to hear those butt slaps. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be, it will not be an MP3 of me stringing together a bunch of free sound paddle sound effects from the 1930s. <laughs> Should I do that? Should I just upload an MP3 of a bunch of slaps and, and occasional grunts from Miles that I sample from other podcast <laughs> episodes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll record some real grunts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, send those over whenever. Um, but yeah, patreon.com slash jjbpod. Help me quit my job. Gonna need a lot more of you, just saying. That isn't like a, I make a lot of money. I don't, but you know, we're not making like job money here. <laughs> All right. Anybody need a break? We good? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Again, we're talking about Lycoris or Lycoris Recoil. Uh, which was a summer 2022 season anime. It, that same season had Stone Ocean Part 2. And the number one TV anime was Classroom of the Elite Season 2. I don't know what that is. This, this was a popular anime, though. It was number five on my anime list. Uh, and any of the rankings I say are pretty much from my anime list. Um. It is ranked 331 on my anime list. It was very popular in Japan. They had a spinoff light novel. There's another season coming maybe this year. There was a stage play in January of this year. I meant to send you guys an image of the live action actresses. Um, Wow. But I think they've done a few like anime adaptations as stage plays. That seems so fun. I would like to go see a JoJo stage play. Yeah, that does seem so fun. Are they musical or are they just a play? Good question. I don't know. Um, and uh, Hideo Kojima, creator of Metal Gear Solid, praised the show on Twitter. And they immediately nice. were like, could you write an endorsement for the light novel that's coming out? And uh, he did. It Aww. was produced by A1 Pictures, who, as far as our knowledge goes, made shows like Erased, Wotakoi, and all the Kaguya-samas. Kaguya-sama love is war? And I'll tell you guys, what do you guys think licorice is, or what does it mean? It's not licorice? It's not licorice. It's not licorice. It's not whoever the hell Leochorus is in Philadelphia. Some asshole who gave money. Probably. Oh, I just found out what it is. What is it? Red spider lilies. 
They're a type of flower. You've probably seen them before. Also known as Magic Lily's Corpse Flower or the Equinox Flower, which I think is really cool. Okay. They're basically like, they kind of look like alien creatures. They're like, they got these little like lines that come out of them. They're all over the OP. Yes, they're all over the OP and they do this thing sometimes where when they start an anime, because this is not based on a book or a manga or anything, it's an original work, but they'll say created by team whatever, which then makes you go like, well, who really made it? But the the group that made this anime is called Spider Lily. So it's just another mm. word for Lycoris. Um, yeah. So basically, this show is like a shonen anime. It's about secret agent girls with guns. And the basic plot is that there's this girl who's a member of the Lycoris org. There, it's uh, what is it? D D A. She's DA? in the, she's in the D A, which means direct attack, not district attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, group, which is like the most elite, I guess. I still have trouble understanding. So I had to look up episode descriptions. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually like take any notes on those, but from my memory, they're all everybody's a part of D A. That's the thing that they're a part of, and Lycoris is just the name of the. It's, it seems like Lycoris is the name of the the the, t- the type of agents that they have. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think Lycoris um, is the group, but DA is just a department. No, DA is the whole group. But then why does she keep saying that she wants to get back to DA? She wants to go back to the headquarters. That's what confused me too. She originally was part of like the main DA group. Like she was part of headquarters. And then they kicked her out. Yeah, so this is the premise is whatever the deal is about where or what she worked for. Yeah, I don't know, Jackie. My anime list summary says that she's transferred out of DA. Oh, all right. Well, I'm confused, but she, okay, whatever. The agents are called Lee Chorus. That's their program, it says But here. DA is the name of the Yeah, it says the, the yeah, group. I, this is weird. It says that it's a syndicate called DA. So I think that it's like they created these agents and so they still are Lee Chorus agents. But she's technically kicked out of their, like, official org. Like, she was kicked out of the, the main... Maybe she's kicked out of the main group, and so she's part of a branching... She she ends up being transferred to a branching group. Right, yeah, but she's... Because they transferred her. They didn't kick her out. They transferred her, you know? But she's kicked out of, like, the official, like, important business program. Basically, okay. Yeah, it's like a demotion. It's It's like if you're a cop and they send you to some fucking post in Alaska... To, mm-hmm. like, monitor the traffic of, like, bears or something. But you're still a bastard. But you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of you are. You know what we're talking about. Um, it, basically, she's part of, like, the elite DA Lycoris program, which is middle school and high school. Maybe just high school girls that are orphans are raised as assassins. Um, Why? I had to look this all yeah, up. Why just girls? <laughs> because I don't know about you guys, but I thought this first episode was maybe. And why are they all like teenagers? Maybe the most breakneck, too much shit happening at once. Yeah, it was a lot. It was so fast, and they breeze over a point that almost made me think that this was a precog, like pre-crime division type of thing. Well, because I think they're exaggerating when they say like we kill people before they even get a chance to do crimes. I was like, whoa, what the? Oh, fuck? they actually said that because like that. I feel like I that, thought they said that. So, so what they what stuck out to me was that they said that this organization exists to um, 
Well, well, okay. So that basically, we want everyone in Japan or wherever or the world. I don't know how how far they reach, but we at least Japan. Let's say they want everyone to believe the myth that there is no crime. Uh, yeah, I guess it is just Japan. But you know, Japan Japan is peaceful. It's in our nature to be peaceful. Um, there's no crime. There's no violence. There's no none of that is real. And but that's a myth. So this is like a secret organization that. Um, prevents people from finding out that violence exists <laughs> or that crime exists um but in order to but that but then like the the group that she's transferred to um what's her name takina yep the the group that takina's transferred to seems like they just work one-on-one with people they just help people one-on-one and it's like if you're helping so many people one-on-one then isn't like you the secret out you know no, what i mean no. so let, me, let, <laughs> let me give like the plot summary that i okay that i meant to give but it's hard to say when we don't exactly okay, know what the divisions okay. are but okay. she she works as a licorice agent in the in the da whatever that means and at the beginning of the anime she's like working on some big thing it's like government espionage they're working to stop an arms deal and to trace illegally bought weapons but she disobeys orders risks someone's life maybe she gets kicked out and moves in with another, not quite disgraced, but sort of outcast licorice agent named Chisato, who is infamous for blowing up the original Tokyo Tower, which is a real world landmark. And she's now like under Chisato and their teacher, or I don't know what he is, their officer, Mika. Is he just the cafe owner? <laughs> he's just the cafe no, owner. No, I don't know. And they sort of like, as a not quite paramilitary group, but as sort of like an independent agency, they try to kind of help people and right little wrongs here and there. But she misses doing like government work, like the big stuff, the big like, my hands are on the levers of power. You know, I'm stopping this rogue agent from another country from spying on us. Mm -hmm. I am taking down arms dealers and stuff instead of, you know, but it seems like, what they're working on ends up being tied into it anyway. <laughs> I guess. Maybe I'm wrong. Miles, did you have a, a an input or another way of putting it? I honestly, like, it would... I, I don't understand, like, what the plot is. But it, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't super care, because I, I, cause I still liked it. Okay. Mark and I both looked stuff up, so that's how confusing this show, I guess, was, because you don't really understand it, and Mark and I also didn't understand it, but we looked stuff up. The first 10 minutes fly by, and again, I was like, yeah. so do they think it's cool to just kill people? But then, like, as it goes on, I'm like, okay, these people did do crimes. Never what you do learn is in the third episode, I think, they hint that the they they rely on an artificial intelligence that I think, like... If it like me doesn't predict crime, but it like oh, uh, that's interesting. They like they seem very reliant on this AI. I forgot what it was called. Radiata but it, like, malfunctioned. Robota, and that's a big deal. Radiata. Oh, radiata. Yeah, because it's like it, and it's weird how the commander when she's like, "Wait, if radiata was hacked," and the commander goes, "There's nothing to worry about." It was a little like, "Come on, at least pretend." <laughs> it seemed very much like she was like, "That is exactly the problem with our organization." I am now going to turn around and leave. So episode one, it's like it, it again, it opens with a whole like, here's an overview that's way too fast for your 30 plus year old brains to understand. And <laughs> then 
it it kicks off by showing Takina, who's like a super serious brunette. Uh, that's really important, by the way. Her hair color. Well, I mean, it's, it's not. <laughs> she she her kind of look is her personality. It, I feel the same way about like yeah. uh, Chisato. Like both of them, like they kind of like their look is a trope. So her her look of being kind of like the dark haired serious one. Yes. Um, like she she looks. You never see like the dark haired like the one with long dark hair like a pretty girl with long dark hair and like blue or purple clothes being like the genki one you know she smiles at the end of episode three though she's never but i can't think of an example of an anime where it's like the long long black hair is like cheerful and like yeah yeah in madoka magica she's also the super serious mysterious girl all the dark haired sakaki from azumanga's more all the long dark haired women in in sailor moon are are fitting that trope of being more serious they all look like the girl from the ring that's what it is. Uh, in Japan, they're scared. They're going to throw their hair over their faces and shamble about out of wells. Maybe. Anyway. It's just like the beautiful, mature, like, shrine maiden, even though, even though she's not a shrine maiden, but it's like that look. Yeah, and they're not, they're not mature, but they are serious. Yeah. Um, speaking of Madoka Magica, by the way, uh, same group did the opening music on this one as Madoka Magica the group Claris. I think the OP is pretty good. I need to sit and listen to it like at my computer to really get a handle on it. But I thought the ED was like, eh, thought it was okay. I liked, I didn't like, I don't know. I don't know. I I think I have like your blindness when it comes to OPs and EDs, but I like the animations that happen during both. I like the stylization, but miles, I will tell you that some of it is just from me doing the editing because I've mentioned it, but often I watch it on TV and I'm like, yeah, whatever. This is just sounds like anime songs. But then when I listen to it later, I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. Um, okay. And I found out that, um, oh yeah, and the ending is done. I think I have this right. The ending is done by Sayuri, who has also done a ton of stuff, including My Hero Academia, uh, Golden Kamui. But the people who did uh, Connect, which is the Madoka Magica opening that rules, and this one, they started out as middle school girls doing covers of songs on Nico Nico Doga. And for a long time, they were always in masks. And then last year, they redid their Madoka Magica. And in the video, they took down their masks and showed <gasps> their real faces. So yeah, episode one basically shows the inciting incident for our character's journey, which is that they're chasing down some arms dealers. The arms dealers are mad specifically at Lycoris, at DA. We don't know. They're, they're mad at the quote-unquote good guy organization, problematic good guy org. And they have one of the Lycoris girls hostage, and they're going to kill her in 10 seconds. Meanwhile, the blonde character who we already have seen on the promotional art for the show and stuff, and we see her in the very beginning. That's what I'm talking about, really, I think is okay. like, yeah, technically before this point. But during this operation, we see a blonde girl like running. She's on the phone and they're like, you got to get up to the sixth floor. Well, it starts with her like getting ready or something. And there, there's like a radio. They're talking about like Sakura's on the radio. And she's the one who says she's the one who kind of sets up the the world. Oh, okay. So she's the one doing the intro. Okay. She's the one kind of saying like kind of it's 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 I like I like how they do it because she's talking about how like 
we are peaceful and there's no crime. And meanwhile, uh, while she's saying that, you see the all the crimes that are <laughs> being committed and stuff. Like it's like kind of well, a, they're a contra- doing all the killing. Contradictory, contradictory images. Oh, wh- is it them? Is yeah. It the- oh, I didn't realize it's that. the girls using silenced handguns on a bunch of random people oh, and stuff. Okay. Uh, so oh, fuck! Things- I'm an idiot. Oh, sorry. In this game of Mahjong. Yeah, I knew you were talking about Mahjong. Stop looking at that. Okay. The point is, is I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say every single scene. I'm just saying like what events actually happen in the anime. And during this like hostage situation, you see the blonde girl. She's being called in as like a as like an assist. And it seems like she's going to be the one to help save the day. Meanwhile, one of the girls who's actually on the operation, who is our lead, maybe lead character, Takina, uh, just decides like the the arms dealer people or the arms buyers are like giving them 10 seconds before he shoots this one of their one of their girls she picks up a big lmg a big machine gun i'm not gonna take a guess what model it is that there's not enough gun nerds listen to this and i might be wrong and nobody else on the on the skype call is gonna appreciate it but she takes a big machine gun because i think this this anime is definitely partially gun porn i just want to say that Okay. Yeah. I didn't really notice. Um, she takes an LMG and she just mows down all of the bad guys here and her. And there, there was like a hostage there. She could have killed the hostage. Yes. That's, That's what I'm gonna, no yeah. good. Her, her commanding officer or her partner is like, did you even care if they killed, I think Erica was her name maybe? Yeah, right. And she's like, well, she did live, didn't she? And then her, her partner punches her, but I was like what their orders were to not shoot is like she had six seconds before they shot this hostage. So what mm. difference would it make if she risked her life? Any, well, I, the idea was that they needed to interrogate these arms people to try and figure out where the guns were going because mm. if you later find out they act, their intel was wrong and they got to the arms deal too late. But they were like, damn you, you killed all those guys when we could have interrogated them to learn where the arms were going but i don't know i don't think i don't think your partner needs to punch you i think you should be like she she should have really just been like well i was trying to save our friend because that's clearly what it was Mm. you know what i mean like otherwise why would you just shoot all of them just wait wait if you don't care about your friend then just wait for them to shoot her and then i don't know anyway but she's like our our main character is very like emotionally distant and cold. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so then she gets like kind of fired, and she ends up at this like like I said outside of the agency little group that is she's, under it's like she, a front. She's transferred to something. She's transferred, but she's kicked out. Um, she's kicked out of her squad. She's kicked and out of DA. Whatever that is. <sighs> is she really kicked out of DA? That's my impression from watching this show. And okay. she keeps talking about how she wants to go back to DA. Okay. She she gets kicked out to this other org that's like, or sub org that is like, <laughs> that was I don't, funny. What? The noise you made was funny. It's it's like an affiliate. It's like, um, what's the word? It's like a member, a member org, a member station. Yeah. I don't know if it's a cell of this main group or if it's like. A hey, whatever you decommissioned people do. Maybe they just they don't want to actually fire anyone because they worry that they'd be making enemies out of very powerful girls. Also, like 
they're trying to keep a big secret from the general population. So I think once you know the secret, yeah, you're, yeah. you're in the group, right? Like you, can, you probably can't leave. You can leave in a coffin. Mm. Uh, so she goes to this smaller cell of Licoris agents. Really, it's just her and two other girls and a guy. And they run a cafe as a front that is oddly called Lico Reco, which means it starts Lico like Licoris. It's not a great undercover name, and it felt like as though the anime was like, I bet our fans won't know how to abbreviate this show, so we'll call mm-hmm. the cafe what we hope they call it on the internet, Lico Reco. Mm. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, so it's some kind of cafe sitch and meanwhile, they're going to go help people with their elite sleep. It's not sleeper agent. They're elite. Uh, what do you call that? That trope in fiction where it's like super elite agent trained from birth. Like super soldier, Jason I guess. Born? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's Jason Bourne. Uh, yeah. Super soldier, I think, is what I'm what I'm trying to go for here. And so it's trying to kind of have it in two different ways where it is a little bit of slice of life. Let's have fun as young girls. Mm-hmm. And we've got one girl who's very like, come on, open up and have fun and be goofy. And, and I ship the two girls. Yes. And <laughs> okay. the other girl who's like serious and is very, I think they also, they know what room they're leaving. Okay. Uh, and the other girl's very serious and is like, I want to go back to where I was, where I started the elite group, the in-group that saved me when mm-hmm. I was an orphan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Although, what happened to your parents, orphan girls? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah. Maybe this group just like kills people's parents and then yeah. and then enlists their children. But no, only their, only their girls. <laughs> what if this the group like... Boy or- there's like a bunch of boys and or- there's like all boy orphanages that are just like fucked. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they like tried to do a bunch of like boy super soldier groups, but they ended up just trying to do like tech deck skateboard tricks all day because they were just hanging out, just (laughs) having bro nights. They weren't focused. Well, they explained that like uh, at one point, um, what's her name? Chisato explains that she referencing her like schoolgirl uniform, that this is the most non-threatening uniform in Japan. Right. Yeah. I guess specifically who they are. Yeah, that I guess specifically their being women, being girls, is even less threatening than if there was some 16-year-old boy walking around looking serious. Anyway, so what else happens in episode one? Uh, there's a girl the- has a stalker, right? That's episode one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Episode one is like kind of... Sorry, but before we get into the events of the second half of episode one, if I were an org training orphans to be super soldiers... What I would do is open a ski resort that has a lot of accidents and I would do like giveaways to parents, like a, <laughs> like maybe new parents, expecting parents. And like, well, I'm not just, expecting, they need to have the baby. Yeah. Like maybe so the woman could get injured. Orphans. Yeah, you're right. Like new parents, like vacations for stressed out new parents, like maybe yeah provide you with child care mm-hmm. and the ski lift i don't i don't know why no one talks about it but the ski lift is uh not reliable i'm just saying <laughs> some people may or may not have fallen on two uh spikes you know i just think that you should really have like a 
you should own like the whole process, you know, make the orphans, train the orphans. Anyway, that's just a little tip for, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who. So yeah, the first half of this episode is just how does Takina end up in this uh, chicken shit outfit uh, cafe? And then they get their first assignment together, which is they're going to protect, who is this lady? I think I was looking at our baby when they explained who this lady was. Uh, she... She's just a random person who's like getting stalked because she took a selfie in the, the wrong place. Yeah, didn't you say, where did she get, where, didn't you tell me that they got her name from the police or something? Yeah, the assignment, their teacher tells them to go talk to the local cops. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah, she's just a lady. Maybe in Japan they're more on top of it, but from what I understand in the US, if you go to the cops for a stalker, they're just like, I don't know, man. You're well, on your own. Well, like I was saying before, I mean, by the like I was saying before, by the way, this this little group, it, it seems like their job is to help individuals one on one. Yes, but I'm saying the likelihood that the cops would point you to someone who's not a famous politician. I don't even know why there whatever. are cops. I thought I thought the whole thing was there's no crime and there's no violence. You know, well, like a cat you gets stuck in the. So that means tree. that there's no. They don't say. No I don't think they say there's no crime. I think they say they're the number one in the world in terms of not having a lot of crime. It sounded like she was saying there was no crime. Maybe they go after financial crimes. Oh, uh, mm. yeah. You know? But anyway, it's not like these cops are doing anything anyway. They're still <laughs> passing the problem along. That's true. We, do, yeah. we need an anti-stalker, anti-swatting, whatever the fuck, uh, extra-judicial, extra-legal group. And I think they need to open a ski resort. Anyway, so yeah, it turns out this lady took a selfie with a boyfriendo in front of a building where this arms deal that was in episode one it's just funny that like immediately because i guess they still are in tokyo but it's like you think that they're going to be on these like stupid little missions but it immediately like dovetails back into the da business the main stuff um and there's also this hacker subplot happening they have to protect this hacker whose name is walnuts and dresses i think it was just it's i think it's just walnuts singular well, in Japanese, it's walnuts. Like, oh, okay. It ends in a two sound, so it's walnuts. Okay. But yeah, I guess if if it was written, maybe it was written as walnut. Um. Anyway, they have to protect this hacker named Walnut, who uses squirrel imagery and eventually shows up in a squirrel, uh, mascot suit. Yeah. Which seems very unproductive. I don't. I don't think hackers dress in a full body like their full body costume like their um you know, like Elmo at Times Square or something. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you start with the yeah, Times Square mascot? Yeah, that seemed like you didn't just like a, a digital representation and the actual, like, because the actual person in the outfit was not the hacker. Yes, but the the enemy hacker, Robota, is being an evil hacker at their setup while wearing a robot hat, which was oh, also right, right, stupid. Right. You could like, just Yeah, you're just at home. Yeah. I went to Times Square because those are like, regular people who like buy or make costumes oh wow. versus what wow jackie so the people who so, are like, tweety bird in disneyland aren't real people no they're they're not what? they're <laughs> they're it's all it's part of a wait did you say disney world there's no tweety at disney shit <laughs> maybe universal that's um, whatever look it's all the same conglomerate it, like <laughs> give it three more years disney will own literally all of us okay well Anyway, like Mulan or whatever, like the the you know um, Mrs. 
Mulan's not a good example. <laughs> Mulan uh, is a human. You just wear makeup and <laughs> okay, shit. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, uh, Chip, the little cup. Mickey and Minnie. Mickey and yeah, Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. I, I went for like a deeper like. A, I was like, like Disney the, is those the the mice right? The cup in, in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, like Mickey and Minnie. Those are those are official. Those are made by the company, and they're they're like you know official Mickey and Minnie. Yeah, it's different. But either this way, this is not an official squirrel. This is just like a kid who has a squirrel costume or made. Yeah, a squirrel but costume. but the Elmo in Times Square is it's an official character that someone made a sad imitation of. But whatever, it's I, the character is official, not the costume. I think, and it's not like uh you know allowed by the company. It's not like licensed by the it's company. True. It's true. It is very vigilante mascotism they're doing out there. I worked when I worked for PBS, we had to um, you know, we had like Curious George and like the different PBS characters, you know, we needed to order the costumes. We needed to ask the station that like made that show. It was usually WGBH in Boston because they make like a lot of shows. Um or like Sesame Workshop or whatever, we'd had to have have to ask them to send their official costume always. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want the depressing Times Square or man's Chinese theater. I had version. to be I had to be the depressing version of SpongeBob at Winterfest at my uh home in my hometown. We had a Winterfest every year and they were like freshmen freshmen high schoolers who wants to volunteer to be in you know for the kids. And so I volunteered to be SpongeBob and apparently the mayor's wife made the SpongeBob costume. It was just like a foam box. I couldn't see anything. I needed someone to like help me walk i don't know it was like horrible and i like and kids were scared of me <laughs> nobody wanted to take a picture of me they just cried and and screamed so i and i and i couldn't see anything it was horrible it was horrible what a bad idea anyway it sounds bad anyway the mayor's wife just I, made spongebob out of like it was just like really homemade and horrible looking i watch a streamer who was tweety bird and she talks about like asshole dads because she's short and tweety bird is obviously a small character and like asshole dads would like lean on her sometimes, like as a joke, be like, oh, then it'd be like you're at the perfect elbow height and lean. And she's just in there being like crushed by an adult man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can't say get off. My head hurts. Yeah. Seems like being a mascot sucks. And I don't know why you would try to flee with secret agents, especially the tail. This is episode two I'm thinking of. Or is it? I think it's two. Two. Episode two. Anyway, Miles, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. So yeah, first episode is, uh, like I said, the the actual first assignment in Lico Reco is uh, protecting this girl who took a selfie in a bad spot and also a hacker. I don't remember how they help out the girl ultimately. Oh, right. Well, she's being stalked. So they're they like, stop oh, her from getting kidnapped. We'll escort you. Um, and then they see that a van's following her and they and um, what's her name? Takina. Ta- Takina lets her get kidnapped. <laughs> They throw like a sack over her head and throw and and over her whole body and throw her into a van. Yeah. And Takina lets that happen because she wants to shoot at the. Um, she wants to be able to interrogate them eventually. I think. But but these guys, again, she's putting the hostage in danger because yes. they could they could have just like the they could just shoot her. <laughs> she claims when 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 that's brought up to her by another character by Chisato, she says, "I don't make mistakes like that." But if you're just firing from an unscoped weapon into a van over and over again. I don't know how you can be sure you're not hitting the wrong people in there. I mean, she is managing to like graze all of the, even the bad guys while yelling questions at them. I don't know if that's the best interrogation technique personally, but it makes for a good action sequence. And then 
ultimately Chisato comes out and helps. But we learn, even though it's weird because the, the like, I don't know what you call it, but there's like red powder coming out of the bullet impacts. We learn that she's shooting non-lethal bullets at these guys. She doesn't like killing people. We've mm-hmm. got one of those pacifist tropey animes on our hands, folks. But by the way, shooting rubber bullets point blank range could kill you. <laughs> uh. You would not simply bounce. They would not just bounce off your head and you'd be able to answer questions. I, I think it'd be a little fucky. Um, I think she's pro enough to not kill people. I guess that's the, I mean, she's pro enough to step out of the way of automatic weapon fire in episode two as well. She just sort of strafes along yeah, the guy. Yeah, she's cool. She's, yeah, she's like Neo level cool. It's ridiculous. Um, which is great because her new partner is going to be someone who fires before asking questions. So, yeah. So yeah, and this first thing she, she manages to non-lethal, uh, take out the kidnappers and they do save this lady that was being stalked or whatever. And, and Chisato explains to Takina, like it's never good when people die, like just cause they're enemies today. you know, that doesn't mean they'd be enemies another day. So yeah. Okay. Cause at one point I thought I was like, this is a bloodbath. This show is crazy. There's all these red smoke coming out when she shoots people, but it's, I don't know why rubber bullets would do that. Uh, Episode two is where they have an escort mission to protect the hacker Walnut. Yes. Who is now with them in a giant squirrel costume. What makes me the most upset is that this mascot has a tail and I just think running around with a tail is insane. <laughs> if you're in the big body suit, like that's kind of crazy, especially still, the head. It's a lot. Yeah, the head, you, you, you can't really see much. You can only see through the little windows and you can't see like what's to the side of you. Like... Again, I worked at PBS. We had, you know, we had people in costume. Dinosaur train. And so, like, I know, like, the logistics where you basically, you always need a handler. Like, you have the person in the costume, and then you always need someone to, like, help them, like, walk and, like, not run into something. Because they re- your your vision is, like, awful. Like, you, you can, like, walk into, like, a you know, a table or something or, you know, like, you... Or walk into like a person or a child or something like you can't really see what's in front of you or like trip because it's not very easy to move around in those things. Yeah. Um, and you need to take a lot of breaks because it gets really hot, really, really hot in there. I also want to say I didn't realize how much like how much of a discussion mascots would spark in me. But (laughs) there is like I don't if anyone knows the name of what I should be looking for, but there's like a genre of Internet videos that I love which I think it's mostly like in the hood, like in a city where people have like those sort of knockoff costumes at like a children's party, but they're doing very aggressive hip hop dances. So you can see like Mickey and Minnie like twerking or something or like a very ugly budget SpongeBob getting sturdy or just like Mm. these, these weird dances. And it's, it's great. I love it. Okay. And I think more people, I don't think those people who do those dances, they don't need handlers. They could do this shit. But none of them mm. had tails. <laughs> okay. I liked the commitment of it. Okay. Uh, and and of course, this, this squirrel person also has to have all their belongings in a big rolly backpack because at the end of episode one- I loved that. <laughs> their, uh, their, their, their condo gets blown up by, I, I think, uh, an older looking Kira almost. Doesn't, doesn't this blonde guy yeah, look like Kira? Oh. He does a little bit, yeah. And he happens to be a, a regular at their cafe. Yes, his name is Mr. Yoshi, but he never once eats anything or spits out an egg. Poops out an egg. Let's be real. 
Doesn't doesn't Yoshi mean like good luck or something in Japanese? It can mean a few things depending on how it's written. Okay. It means like you can because you can say like Yosh, like yay. I th- right? think that means like okay, like I did it or something. Yeah, that's like I did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe Yoshi the dinosaur is actually Yoshi. Like there's a long at the whatever. Who cares? This is boring, Mark. Uh, so this hacker like. They keep thinking they kill him. That these this like other aura called the Allen organization, who just looks for geniuses and gives them money. I don't know. Uh, so they have to protect this hacker, and he just has a rolly backpack because his condo got blown up. And they get into a gunfight with the vigilantes. Oh, I guess I guess they're not under they're not against the Allen organ episode two. They're against Robata, who wants to be the number one hacker. But it seemed like he was also maybe put, working with. He Alan. was put up to it by that the blonde guy. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I think you're right because they're 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 happy with Ro- Roboda's service. Roberta. Roberta. I'm just calling. I just think they're happy with Babo's service, and he's like, now that I am number one hacker in Japan. Uh, anyway, that episode plays through, and we see things like uh, Takina has no problem using real live ammunition. Doesn't seem to kill anybody directly, but certainly wounds people. And at a at a at a stopping point, Chisato treats the wound of one of the guys, and mm-hmm. he's all like, "What are you doing? You're are you insulting me?" But he's I don't know, he's a mercenary. I don't think he'd really talk like that. He'd probably be like, "Oh, thank you. I'm clearly not going to be able to do my job today, so I appreciate not dying." Uh, and talking is sort of like, "What are you doing? We could be taking our escort somewhere." I liked that she used the rolly backpack as cover. Not yeah. backpack, the rolly luggage. Yeah, yeah, and that causes uh panic in Walnut, who's like, Don't don't use that as cover, you know, because we're led to believe that's everything they own. Um So yeah, there's this like small talk on, you know, helping out the people you've injured. And then when they're like, Oh, I think we found a safe way out, the guy that she helped is like, Well, don't go that way. Because there's, you know, more danger that way. Uh, and Walnut, the hacker, steps out in their squirrel costume and gets just lit up. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. <laughs> ventilated like fucking Sonny Corleone in Godfather. There's blood coming out of the suit. Just blood everywhere. And I was like, oh, maybe that's why they wore the dumb costume so the show could show like a super bloody execution without mm. it being real human wounds. But we learn really the reason why a little bit later, mm-hmm. which is that the because they, they're able to retrieve the body, the attackers, for some reason, confirm the kill without ever taking the head off the suit or anything. They just assume that it worked, even though this hacker has managed to elude death a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the good guys, the protagonists, take the body, and in their getaway van, the still living squirrel person takes the head off and it turns out that it's one of the employees of their little cafe, this alcoholic woman. Mizuki, I really like her. Oh yeah, Mizuki. Mizuki, Mizuki. And she's all like, that was fun. And then her big rolly backpack, rolly suitcase opens and inside is the real walnut hacker. Did you say the, the costume was bulletproof? I don't think oh said yeah, that. yeah, yeah! It's not real blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't die. <laughs> it's bulletproof, and those were all squibs. Uh, and out of the big rolly luggage is a is the real walnut hacker, who is a little girl. Um, which is silly. 
which is silly. She gives her name as Kurumi, which is literally Japanese for walnut. She kind of just picks a name. And then she's going to end up, of course, living with the girls at the cafe. So now they have all the tropes at the cafe. You've got a bubbly but kind of lazy uh, blonde, ganky teenager. You've got super serious dark hair teenager. You've got older woman who loves beer. Mm-hmm. And you've got little girl for all the weirdos uh, to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. But also, but also for but, cute but like, moments. But, like, like, but she's also, she's a hacker. So she's got to be, you got like the little girl who's also like a genius, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also maybe for cute moments, you know. Yeah. I think this exact character was in the do it yourself anime that I watched with M. While you guys were busy raising your child. Wait, but do it yourself? I thought that was a reality show. No, it's an anime. Oh, I'm thinking of I Can Do It By Myself or something. What is it called? What's that show? Where? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like a Barney song. No, there's that Japanese show where they, they let little kids do chores. Oh. Oh, that's old enough. Old enough. Yeah. yeah. We also, did not watch that for this podcast. Highly sus title of a TV show, but it sounds super cute. Anyway. It is really cute. Um, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh. I have not. Oh. It's on Netflix. I've seen it. I just didn't know if Mark has seen it. I have not. No spoilers. Okay. Don't tell me if a kid gets like hit by a truck or something. You know? no. They all get hit by no. trucks, Mark. No, they these, should stop doing the show. These kids are more <laughs> capable than any of us on this podcast. Probably more I capable than our daughter will be. On the show. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Like all reality TV it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but I think they should let them get hit by cars. And oh. I'm saying this as a parent. You mean just so like at least, like every, every once in a while, so the other girls will be like, let's take this seriously. Exactly. <laughs> okay. How are they going to learn if they're not getting hit by cars? Just every once in a while. Not to make it like entertainment. We're not sickos. Uh, no, certainly not. Anyway. So episode two ends with them getting, uh, it turns out nobody died because the characters seem... Well, mostly the blonde one is very upset that their target that they failed their mission and their uh, you know that she saw someone die and stuff. But but it, they didn't fail the mission, right? Because it turns out that by faking the hacker's death, that was the mission. The hacker was their client who was like, "Thank you, you've helped." You know, now everyone's off this little girl hacker's tail, and it seems like this hacker like joins them, <laughs> kind of. Yes. Well, yeah. she moves in with them because they have to protect her, and in exchange, she has to like help them out. Yes, she's going to at a be... discount, but not free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it, that that's the really unbelievable thing. That normally I trick kids all the time into giving me a fair price. The idea of a child driving a hard bargain. Come on, no, she's like a genius. Yeah. Um. So that's episode two, and then three. Three is like we start to get more of an emotional center here, and I don't know this if it's my favorite one. I, I don't know if they'll go as far into the themes that I'm hoping they will, but it feels like it might be the seed of Takina needs to learn to discover self-worth versus trying so hard to like get back in with her old crowd of the elite. Yeah. I don't know how much they'll do that. Um it does it doesn't liked, seem like there's something yeah. uh Chisato says in this episode, there are things you can gain from losing something which seems like it'll be an important theme throughout this anime. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it's mostly takes place back at the DA, right? The headquarters, because the frame of it is that Shisato, as a lazy head, needs to renew her 
Lycoris license, I guess, basically. Yeah, they want to make sure she's still up to snuff, so she has to go through all these like physical tests. And to do that, she has to go. It's like going to the DMV, basically. She has to go back to the actual facility to get certified. And while she's there, she uh, she addresses basically some of her old compadres, her her old colleagues, but mostly it's Takina's old colleagues who mm-hmm. all talk shit about her or worked with her on that mission where she was, you know, disavowed. And Takina begs to be taken along as well because she wants to talk to the commander specifically to say please let me back in i am helpful aren't i and stuff mm-hmm. the bowl cut commander yeah deep voice lady mm-hmm. um and so it's an episode that's like they get to do like a fun little fake mission because they take on these bully girls who are mean to takina and to chisato a little bit uh, and also Takina begs the commander, like, let me back in. And the commander's like, no, you fucked up. Too bad. And they kind of hint at the idea that she's... that They're, they're hiding something. Chisato's like, wait, if the, ra- the whatever the AI program is not supposed to malfunction, that's a big deal. And the commander sort of plays it off. Yeah, and they know that this group is also good at taking something that happened and spinning it to seem more positive or neutral. Like they didn't lose that arms deal. There was no gunfire in that office building. It was a, I forget they, they blame it on like a natural thing. I think they say like a gas something. I don't know. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. Gas explosion or something. Yeah. But they're trying to pin the whole thing on, uh, on Takina basically. Right. Because it was her fault for going rogue. The, and it is weird because the girl who got taken hostage should not have been compromised. But also the reason why they were late was because their AI supposedly got interfered with or compromised. And so, yeah, they're just using Takina as a fall guy. And it's funny that Chisato tells her this theory in private and Takina immediately stands up to go try and talk to the commander about it. And Chisato's like, wait, 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 wait. And that's where she kind of is trying to convince her like, no, like what we do is valuable and yeah, you kind of have to just live with how things are. She doesn't say like you fucked up or anything, but it's a little bit like this is the new normal now. Don't, you know, you can't argue your way back in. Yeah. And what's also fun is that towards the end of this episode, after they, I think after they beat the bully girls in like a simulated skirmish. In paintball. In paintball. Yeah. Um, all the girls are looking at them and you hear them sort of whispering like, oh, look, they're... I guess I think Chisato hugs Takina. And mm-hmm. some of the girls are like sort of being like, oh, they love each other. Look. The way that she she like picks her up. Well, that I think that's after she oh, hears after. that they're being like, look, they're gay or, you know, basically. Oh. And then she lifts her up by her butt and like spins her around as though she's sort of like, oh, fuck these stupid, you know, yeah. gawking, gossiping idiots. Like, I don't care what they think. And it's nice. It's cute. Chisato in general doesn't care what people think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. How could you care what people think? Because if people knew what you really did as a secret, nasty assassin person, they'd think you're a fucking monster. And I happen to agree with them. Yeah. Do we think that this org is good? No. <laughs> no, it's definitely some shadiness happening underneath. No, it's a very... And the whole thing of them, like 
putting making orphans do this like and they seem to have ingrained in all the girls this attitude of don't you feel gratitude toward them for like putting you toward some good use and it's like no that's not how it works you didn't have a say in this Mm. no it's it but yeah it's interesting it doesn't seem like the show is going to necessarily argue with the idea of having these like wet work agents that are like taking care of crime before it becomes a thing it seems like it's more going to argue that like the leadership of the org is actually hiding something from you you know and honestly like i don't care like yeah that's not what it's supposed to do necessarily yeah no and it's just like i think the show is enjoyable enough like the reason i liked three was because of the character stuff yeah uh and i just find like i know that all of these girls are kind of tropey but i think they're they're pretty well done like especially chisato like the voice performance is really good and just like i just really like her yeah yeah i i have to agree that they're, they're definitely relying on a bunch of tropes and it is sort of weird that you're like is this like like the cia meddling while also being like well without us you know yeah. the terrorists would just rule everything but it's sort of like, well, yeah, this is a show that's about girls being cute and looking badass with guns. And mm-hmm. if you don't realize that's what you're signing up for, then, yeah, I mean, that's on you, buddy. Mark. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun so far anyway. I don't care for the hacker stuff. I'm glad that this girl is now just a girl. I'm uh, just a girl. Because hacker stuff to me is annoying because a lot of it ends up hinging on technology that Jackie and I both know we, and we know too much about to enjoy this stuff and like at one point when they do the thing they do the enhance enhance uh yes they literally thing. did that and it's just like come on the hacker girl says i'm interpolating the resolution i think she says <laughs> which uh you that doesn't that doesn't make any sense and it wouldn't help you guys if you take a photo from far away you can't add detail to it at best nowadays you could use ai to add pixels to add pixels, but that that couldn't give you a specific identity of someone. It would just right. imagine you, what does a person you, look like. You actually can't use that in, in like you you can't. What was I watching or something where it was talking about how that how fucked up that is? But like you can't use that in court because the details that are oh right, it's the um the trial of um what was that kid? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. They they it was like so stupid. Anyway, I'm not going to go on this tangent, but basically like they they tried to they were like well look at this but it's like well did you add pics and then it basically the lawyers the judge nobody really understands how technology yeah, works that's, that's what i was about to say so th- because nobody understands how technology works they were just like well we, we can't allow this at all well which i think that, is I'm better glad. yeah which is because better i was going to say if you were like well the ai can imagine what wasn't there right because you if you're putting pixel but it's like but it also it seems like well no this it's it's just it's just to make it look clearer it's it's not gonna actually change what's there but you know right, really... to make it it could make you look and say okay that there was an in detail picture taken here you know this was a yeah a high detail like zoom lens but it wouldn't actually tell you like isn't that isn't that fucking charles like yeah you, you can't it can't know who was there like right a photo taken from far away with a cell phone that has no real zoom cannot tell who someone is in a building. Right. And I don't even think this show said that they can tell you who it is, but they do add detail to the scene overall. That's a little sketchy. Um, I did like, though, in episode one, when the Allen group is in a car and they're talking with Walnut and they think they don't need Walnut anymore because the hacker asks them, like, 
hey, why are you guys doing this? I did like that the lady in the front of the car quickly goes through the menu and then hits a button called ignition that blows up a bomb. I like how quickly that was done and that it was called ignition. It was not like a big button marked kill or assassinate or something. Everything Um, is quickly done on this show. It's good. Maybe too quickly done. At times it feels that way. It moves really fast. And it's like, it's like you blink and you miss, you miss something important. I'm still recoiling. Yeah. From the show's pace. From like chorus. Yeah. From, I'm still recoiling from all the 7-Eleven food I ate on the chorus walk (laughs) in Philadelphia. I saw some crazy shit on there on that walk. I saw this guy once say, watch this. And then he immediately fell on his ass because he was trying to slide on snow, but he didn't even get into a run. He didn't even start moving. It looked like he just wanted to show us him falling on his ass. (laughs) And he, that guy sucked. He gave me a Reese's cup that was on the stairs in the dorm. And I had an allergic reaction all weekend. What a psycho. Anyway, sorry, Did memories. Did you know that's where the Reese's Cup came he from? He told me after I ate it. Oh, no. Yep. Still mad at this person. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. Well, we don't talk to him anymore. That's good. The identity of that person will be revealed on Patreon. Yes. <laughs> Dad. No. <laughs> Imagine your father poisons you and then goes watch this and falls on his hip in the middle of winter. Anyway, this is dumb. Uh, th- those were the three episodes. Any other details? Plot details missing? Probably. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, probably is correct. I mean that you guys have. No, I think we hit the big ones. I love that they uh, that the Yakuza have a little office in episode one. Yeah. That- and that they have like a little board game night at the cafe. That's cute too. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to introduce us to those characters because a bunch of them are just like old dudes. I think one of them may have been the police guy. They get yes, the it was a horrible okay. yellow tie or something. <laughs> it's funny that you remember that. Um, <laughs> the yakuza thing might not be that far from reality. Yakuza in Japan operate like way more openly, and in some ways, there's an attitude towards them of being like, "Well, they have to, they have to run the business; otherwise, nothing would get done." Like it's not That's true. It, they don't like i mean i'm sure there's technically a front to it but i don't know it it, it, it doesn't surprise me that you could be a regular citizen just brought into a yakuza office could be wrong uh yakuza members if you're listening right in yeah i did like that at the end of episode one they had you know the whole time the hacker is talking their voice is all distorted and they give voice mm-hmm. credits but the actor's name was blurred out <gasps> probably to hide the fact that it's a girl it's a little girl voice wow. actress in episode two, by the way, when Takina is looking at movies that Chisato lends her, it's a bunch of action movie parodies, and my favorite was Guy Hard. <laughs> yeah. That's just, good. Just sounds cool. That's like a porn name. It definitely is. Yeah, A French French guy, <laughs> Guy Hard. <laughs> yeah, overall, I like the show. I would watch a little more. Me too. Turns out I like, you know, Girls With Guns is fun. It doesn't make me horny. I want to dispel any rumors right now. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. Why not get the best of both worlds? Why not get high school girls having fun, being gossipy and dealing with social problems and assassinating people? Why not? It's just such, it's so anime. Very anime. It's so anime. When I looked up Girls with Guns. It's like, oh, okay. It's just like an org that's just all like teen girls <laughs> yeah this show is unapologetically because it's anime. anime it leads yeah. into a bunch of anime tropes it's it's setting is something that you'd be like well that's not on the wb is it 
but when you look up the girls with guns article like all of this the live action cinema examples are from china from chinese like kung fu and stuff action movies and then there's just a section on anime and there's a picture of laura croft but other than that it's like yeah it's mostly a japan and hong kong trope it's good stuff yeah, it's, it's fun it's it's working I went back and forth on it, but I think by episode three, I was like, okay, this is good. I think episode three put me over because like the first two were too much of a whirlwind, but like three, I was like, you get to know the two main leads a little more. Yeah. And I like them. I'm rooting for them. I hope they're okay. Yeah. And we know they'll never confirm it, but we also maybe hope that they're gay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, anyway. Just that they love each other. Oh yeah, that in they all can kinds of ways. Oh okay, I don't know how specific. Uh, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us there as at JJBpod. There's also a Discord for this podcast started by a listener. The link to it is in the description of this episode. You can email us if you have bigger questions or bigger answers. Jojo's Bizarre Pod at gmail.com. and you can also. Rate us nicely on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you want to call it. Let's talk about what we're going to watch next week. What? Next week, we will be watching the Legend of the Galactic Heroes prequel movie, My Conquest is the Sea of Stars. Okay. Yeah, I got to figure out where we can stream that, where we can watch that. But yes, we are watching... My Conquest is the Sea of Stars, the prequel movie from the Legend of the Galactic Heroes anime franchise. We'll talk to you then. Until then, don't get assassinated. Yay! Bye!